Christmas and New Year. Yeah. Anyone go away? A few people go away. Not yet. Torquay. Anyone planning to go away? Anyone love to just run away? <laughs> oh, totally. And isn't it funny? It's only January. Anyway. I've got bits of paper falling out everywhere. Turn. We're almost there. Last week, um, I spoke about and related to this house and our vision here. Our vision is to be a safe place for all people where they can be restored and revealed for the glory of God. And for that to happen, for that to be a reality for us to, to walk and live in that vision, you and I have to be people of grace, people of understanding, people of love. You know, Because at the end of the day, different people walk into a church, different ethnicities, different colour, different heights, different widths, yeah? Different hairlines, <laughs> different languages, different denominations. So it's important that we understand that we're all a little bit different, yet we're all the same, because the one core thing we have in common is Jesus, amen? And I, I figure at the beginning of a year, it's probably a good place to, to, to sort of sit and rest with, that we are, Family Life Church, a safe place for all people, a safe place for people to be restored and revealed. Over the years, even in my time here, we've had people that come and go, we've learned to hold people lightly, but we've had people come that have needed to be restored back to God. People that have carried hurts, some in their life, some from church, some from work, and have come and have just rested here and God has healed them. Some have become part of our family. The others have gone back to theirs, but gone back whole. And so we understand the prophetic destiny, the mandate that's on this house. But for that to continue for us to be a safe place, then the, the Christianese would be, we need to be a people of unity. You know, the Christianese would be, we need to be a community here, yeah? And I think probably our language, better language, is we need to be family, yeah? We need to be a family. And so that's what I want to talk about today because a family helps each other. A family stands by one another. A family supports everyone. It hopes and prays for each other, doesn't it? Yeah? Good. I, I, I do hope that you're going with me. And this is a new year. I'm going to try for the 13th or 14th year in a row. Don't be too silent. It's really depressing. You know? My wife hates it when she talks to me and I don't respond. Yeah? So if I'm talking and something, something resonates with your spirit, it's okay to say amen. It's okay to say yes. There are probably certain words I'd say don't use. But outside of those, feel free, yeah? Be encouraged. So we're going to look at Acts. We're going to jump into Acts chapter 2. We're going to do a little bit of reading and see what the Holy Spirit has for us. If he can speak through a bird on my hand, he can certainly speak through the scriptures. Amen. So Father, speak to us today, we pray. In Jesus' name. On the day of Pentecost, verse 1, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. No, it's not a message on tongues. Though, like Paul, I pray that we would all pray in a heavenly tongue. Amen. 
At that time, they were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, whatever that word is, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, people from Buninyong, people from Sebas, people from Brown Hill, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Acts chapter 2, verse 40. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. I'd bring that up just in case if I ever preach for what I consider to be a long time, that it's biblical and it's okay. Strongly urging all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Don't run home to the roast. Those who believed what Peter said were baptised and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. This is really, that, that, lot, that verse 41 is really important. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. If they saw those things then, if we are a New Testament church, I believe we should be walking in, living in, and seeing those things now. Amen? All the people, verse 47, all the while praising God, it should say, I'm going to jump to verse 44 because I missed a couple. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped, what's the word? Yeah, let's say, what's the word? What's the word? Just putting it out there for those that don't think church is important. At the temple each day, and they met in what? Oh my goodness. I mean, some of you are going to have to open your doors. Oh, now there's silence. There's not even a name. What do you mean I'm going to have some of those people to my house? Oh gosh. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Isn't that what we just did really over Christmas? Particularly for those of us, uh, I mean, it's all of us, but I've got an Italian background. I've got a European background. We gather around food and we share it. There's generosity and there's joy around the food like there's joy when we see what people are bringing out it's like oh come on i can maintain my figure now like this is awesome this is what we've just done that's the spirit in which they met it wasn't just a one time a year thing it was like that continually daily weekly monthly that they would meet together and they would share meals with great joy and generosity Verse 47, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Where's my phone? Here. Do you know what goodwill stands for? I thought I, I should look at what Google Dictionary tells me. So I did. Wait, wait, no, I'm not taking a photo of you. No, I'm not. Here's goodwill. Enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Not some of them. Not a handful of them, all of them. Goodwill, friendly, helpful, cooperative feelings or attitude. So they were friendly. If you're not, pull it out of your bag. 
They were helpful. If you're not, pull it out of your bag. Yeah? Like this is what family is. It's a family that has goodwill. I'm just using some words that should mean something to somebody. That's all. Yeah? So for today, I want to look at this church because one of the lines that I have used in social media is that this is God's house. Yeah? It's our home. And we are one family. This is his house. And it's our home. And we are one family. And that, that, that is Family Life Church. That, that's us in a, not, in a nutshell. Now, you and I, we might be different. We may have had originally in our faith different, coming from different denominations. You know, I've mentioned that to some of you are different ethnicities. You eat different food. Do you know, true story, recently we had some people over for a barbecue. And I was cooking some stuff on the barbecue. Now, I'm only sharing this because I, I was shocked. And I'm cooking the lamb on the barbecue. We've got some steak on the barbecue and we had some snacks, some sausages. While I'm cooking the lamb cutlets, we went all out. They must have been on sale for sure. Some of them were going in and I grabbed the tail off one. Nicely salted, crispy, fat, little bit of meat tail on a lamb cutlet. And I, I broke it off and I looked at the person that was visiting and I said, It's broken. And I grab one. So he looks at me. He goes, it's broken. So he grabs one, grabs the little knife, cuts it off, and he takes a bite. And these are the words I heard. Oh, my goodness, the salt. That's beautiful. The salt? What do you mean? Of course, there's salt. I don't salt my lamb when I cook it on the... You don't what? You don't salt... And he's just watched me go through this routine. Salt, pepper, oil, fresh from my garden, rosemary, sprinkled everywhere. Because I don't do that. All of that to say we're all different, yeah? We all come from different backgrounds. Some of us, some of the things that we do are really normal for us, but they're not normal for everyone. And yet in this place, we are one family. Our home, one family. We are one family in this place. And we've got to remember that because sometimes we've got different not different belief systems, but different belief experiences. Yeah? And, 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 it, and it looks different for everyone. You know, last week we talked about when we first came to church, we had the hymn books. And then we went to the overhead projectors and then the screens and now bigger screens in some places. And in some places, LED lights and smoke machines. Don't judge it. It's just different. Yeah? I enjoy it when I go to a youth. I don't go anymore because they jump up and down a lot. I get tired. Can't catch my breath, Right? But I like going to a Christian youth, you know, um, conference because it's all of that stuff and it's like, wow, you get captured and you're just worshipping and there's smoke and you feel the ground moving. Like, it's good fun. It's not wrong. It's just different, yeah? So we've all got these different backgrounds, these different experiences. The church that I got saved in was really normal to worship, to sing for an hour. In that church, it was really normal to have altar calls where people would be delivered, like literally delivered. And I'm talking weird stuff. You know, people squirming on the ground like they were snakes. I know for some of you, you're like, well, what's that? Well, that's God delivering someone of a demonic spirit. It's not wrong. It's just different. Yeah, We need to understand there are different expressions everywhere. And so when we gather into this place, his house, our home, one family, that we're all coming in with our different experiences. So it doesn't make what you experience here 
wrong or right, nor they're right or wrong. It's just different, okay? Is that okay? Is that cool with everyone? Like, I've now got daughters that are married and their families do some particular food differently. I would almost err on the side of wrong, but I can't. It's just different, yeah? It's just different. Don't worry, I struggle too, you know? You know, some of us went to church where they have, like we do, communion every week and others have communion fortnightly and I know others that have communion once a month and I know others went to churches where they don't have communion at all unless it's in their home churches, you know? I, when I got saved, we went to a church where there would always be two or three that would stand and speak in tongues. Who remembers that? Yeah, a few of us. Like, I wasn't even saved when that was happening. Could you imagine the thoughts I had? You pack of sheep. What is this? What is this voodoo? What's going on here? And then, then, when it was all finished, someone had the audacity to stand. And they were the person that was actually bringing the interpretation. You understood that? Oh, gosh, there's something going on here I need to find out about. I didn't think it was God back then. You know? So we've all got these different experiences, these different backgrounds. But in this place, Family Life Church, we are going to be different to what some consider to be normal. And what our normal is, is vastly different to theirs. Yeah? But it's normal for us. This is us. This is how we do family. People come to my home, they see us across the table, anywhere from four to 12 people having a conversation with at least 10 people speaking at the same time. And some people go away with PTSD, right? Like, oh, gosh, that was intense. Yeah, just normal. Didn't you pick up all the conversations? We did. You know, like, it's just normal. We may be different, but it's who we are. And this one thing I know, that there are different expressions everywhere and it's okay for us to be us. It's just okay for us to be us. In the beginning of... We're kicking off 2024. It's okay for us to be us. It's okay for us to be different. Yeah? We don't, we don't need to have everyone up here under the age of 30. Yeah? We don't need to have everyone up here under the age of, over the age of 45. Yeah? We don't need that. We can, we can have a mix of people that do things and do things exceptionally well because God has gifted them. The thing that is, I believe, the DNA and the prophetic destiny of this place is that we're family. And we might look different, we might be different, but who remembers the Cafe Eclectic Tastes here in Ballarat? Yeah, no, no. Who remembers before the Renault a few years back when everything there was eclectic? The knife, the spoons, the cups. Like, it felt like going to your grandmother's house. Yeah? Like, really? Did your neighbour give you these things? Doesn't even match what my wife's got. You know, now they're all cafe proper, but back then they were eclectic. This house is eclectic, you know, loud and proud. Be proud of that, that we're different, that we look different, we speak different, yeah, we smell different, we wear different glasses, we've got different hobbies, but that's okay, that's what brings us together, that's what becomes a blessing to each and every one of us. One's not wrong, one's not right, it's just different. And it's important for you and I, particularly at the beginning of a new year, to know what's important for this house, what's important for us, amen? Yeah? It's important to know 
What sets us apart as Family Life Church? What makes us different? Why is it that some people can come in and go, gosh, and, and this is me bragging. I'm a Western Bulldog supporter. I'm never going to tell you Collingwood's good. I'll tell you that if they won the grand final, they did all right, you know. But I'm a Western Bulldog supporter. I, I support every church here. They're part of the same competition to win souls. But as far as I'm concerned, like I'm biased for the Western Bulldogs, I'm biased for this place, yeah. And so it's important to know what sets us apart, what makes us family life church, what it is that we live and breathe for, what makes sense to us, what makes us unique, what makes us special. And in some cases, for some, different. Yeah. But look, Acts chapter 2, the beginning of the New Testament church, and we see Jesus, he's telling his disciples to go to Jerusalem and they wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit, because that's how he came. We knew and we know that Jesus spoke to 500 and of those 500 people, 120 make it to the upper room. <laughs> and as they get to the upper room, now they're in one place. They're actually in one place, in one accord, in unity. And the scripture tells us, the Bible tells us, that as they are in unity, the Holy Spirit begins to move. There's something powerful about being in unity. There's something powerful about a church, a marriage, a family, yeah, that is actually in unity, that's unified, that works for one another, yeah, that is there for one another. You know, you can't stop a group that's unified. You can't stop a family that's, that's unified. You know, the enemy wants to bring strife. The enemy wants to bring division. But when there's unity, the stuff that would normally paralyze you doesn't. You know, it says in Matthew 12, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself would be ruined and every city or household divided against itself will not stand. The enemy doesn't have to do anything else than bring disunity to a church. This is why it's important to know that we operate as family because even if I'm upset with my son, I still love him, embrace him and I'm still there for him. Yeah, I don't kick him out. Well, there might be a moment or two, but... The point is I don't separate from him and start a new family. And so often in churches around the globe, people don't agree with one another because what they see is different, they feel is wrong, and so they split, yeah? And they bring a disunity and Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. If we want our church, this church, churches of Ballarat to grow, we need to be a people of unity, and we need to know that, okay, this is his house like it is all the others, but this is our home and in this home we are family. So we need to act with one another as family. No gossip, no strife, no discord. You know, I'm not mentioning this because there's a problem. There is no problem. I think we're pretty healthy here at the moment. But rather, I feel like, I truly feel like that we're on, I've said this before, but I can't help because of, just some of the weight of the things that I, I've been carrying lately, that we're on the precipice of something. I just, I have this sense that Holy Spirit, that God wants to do something. He's done some amazing things here. He continues to. The tangible presence for me here is off the charts. But I sense there is another, another gear, another level. There's something that God wants to take us into. And so I share all of this because I just think we need to be ready. We need to be in unity. We need to be community, but we need to be family. 
Because I, I, I shared, now I'm just rambling, but I was talking to someone yesterday and they said this. They go to a really large church in Melbourne and, the, and, and it was a group of them that have been in church a long time have built church, yeah? And they said, I feel like one of the, the things that we're struggling with is that we come together on a Sunday and that's where our Christianity stops. He didn't mean that then they don't live as Christians through Monday to Saturday. What he meant was we come together and we spend time with each other, but I actually, I don't like all of you. I actually, I can't stand some of you. I, actually, I think I loathe some of you, and so some of you aren't coming to my home. And so I'll only do Christianity with you on a Sunday. And he felt like the problem in the church is that sometimes we come together and we smile at each other. Sorry, camera. We smile at each other and we're okay on a Sunday. But when we get out the doors, we're like, yes, I'm free. And then we just do the rest of the week with those that we like. And let's face it, we all have friends. We've all got favorites. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not saying don't be like that. Don't spread yourselves thin. But maybe, just maybe... We need to love people outside of the Sunday. Maybe we need to realize that they're family. Could you imagine? My daughter Brooke's married. My daughter Sarah is married and now Faith's going out with someone and they're probably going to get married this year. Yeah, exciting for those that know Faith, I know, right? Not exciting for the bank. Anyway, um, could you imagine if they came into our home and I only loved them when they were there on that day, but outside of that, when I spoke to my daughter or the rest of the family, pig, ugly. Could you imagine if that's how I treated them? Would they actually feel like family? Would they feel like that this was a place, my home, that they could belong in? And yet, for some reason in churches, that seems to be what happens. This is not, it is certainly not a rebuke. And it's not a criticism, it's just it's simply commentary. Commentary for us to be aware, we need to be family. Family. There's power in unity. Genesis 11.1. 1. Oh, don't go there, go back there, thank you. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks. Men today do not say, let's make bricks. Yeah, I've had to do some work at home the last couple of days. I just shared with John earlier. It's been the worst couple of days of my life. Anyway, they said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar, uh, of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to the city and the tower that the men were building, the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So often this passage of Scripture is, is, is shared in a way that's almost ne that's negative because of the wickedness of man. But in their lies, I believe, the secret to true revival yeah, Because what it says, or what it doesn't say, 
by what it says. So what it says by what it doesn't say is that if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then there's something powerful when you and I can actually operate as family, when we can actually move in unity with one another and love each other like true community for God, then we can do something so extraordinary, so supernatural, that God won't come and disperse us. God will just pour out, because where does he pour out his blessing? Where there's unity. Doesn't, isn't that what the word says? Where there is unity. Psalm 133, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Yeah? For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Gosh, God, I know everyone will put up their hand. Is God a blessing? Have you experienced God's blessing? Who would like to experience more of God's blessing? Then we need to be family. Can you hear me at the beginning of 2024? We need to be family because there's power in unity. There is power in family. The blessing runs. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are attracted to family. They're attracted to family. Matthew 9, 1 it says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man, lying on a mat, when Jesus saw their faith, because he's attracted to unity, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. When Jesus saw their faith, not, he, not the man's faith, not the paralytic's faith, but their faith, they were in unity, they were in one accord. They were brothers from another mother. They were family. They acted as family, and God poured out his blessing because he saw them in unity. Imagine if we could be in unity, like truly in unity, yeah, not just facial expressions, not just fake it till you make it, not just on a Sunday, not just as we're sitting together during a Bible study, but if we were in true unity all the time. I reckon that's pretty exciting. You guys have forgotten what I said at the start. You've gone quiet. You know, in Acts 2, tongues of fire fell on every individual. And we often teach that as being the anointing fell upon them. And yes, that's true, but it's not solely that. It's, it's yes and no. It's rather that with Father's anointing came and fell upon the individuals there, certain gifts, graces and abilities given through and released through the Holy Spirit at that point to every individual. So that, that, that's my, my, my lead to say, I want to say to everyone right now that there's a special gift and a special ability that God has actually given you. Given you. It's just you. Someone else might have something similar. They may have it the same. But it's for you. He gave it to you. At Christmas, when you give a gift to someone, it's for them. When you receive one, it's for you. Yeah? We, we, it's something that we've got to, got to hone in on and grab hold of because the gifts and the abilities that we've been given, they're really special and that gift that you have is special. I was chatting about this stuff a little bit with Ray yesterday because the gift you have is a blessing to you when you use it for those that are around you. And as you use it for those that are around you, it becomes a blessing to you. 
It blesses you as well. Now, the gift doesn't have to be in the four walls of the church, as in it doesn't have to be up here with a mic on instruments. It doesn't have to be that stuff. We've got people here that are gifted. They are gifted. You are gifted. Yesterday, when the bricks went through the window and I had my little pity party outside, crying, oh, God, again, something else. Oh, no, the finances, you know. Like, seriously, Ross and my son were here going through the songs, for, which was really lovely, probably soothing. They were just practicing for today. And I'm out there sweeping. <laughs> like, I was, I was upset. I was crying. I, and yet, in that moment, I thought, okay, who can help? So I made a couple of phone calls. And before you knew it, I had Ray and Vicky here. I know Ray and Vicky do a lot, but Ray came and I thought he would just come and have a look and give us some ideas and help me fix it somehow. But he came with a ute full of tools. He's actually really good with his hands. He's gifted with his hands. And then they made a call to Stephen O'Day. And Stephen, and so for those that are online, if you don't know them, they're really lovely people most of the time. So anyway, so Stephen then rolls up and Stephen's got a bunch of stuff with him, but then Stephen's actually, he's a thoughts person. He's an ideas person. He, he reads a lot. He loves to read a lot because he likes to be right a lot. Not a, it, it, it's, not a bad, it, it's not a bad thing, but in this claps, people are going, oh yeah, he's nailed Stephen. But then Stephen had a better idea than what Ray had, yeah? And then Vicky's there and she's encouraging us like, about what we're doing and then she gets there and starts vacuuming. Each had their specific gift. One brought their tools because they're good with their hands. One brought their mind. One brought their heart that's full of encouragement. And they were a blessing. And as they were a blessing, as they used their gift, yeah, they were a blessing to me. But I know that they were blessed in turn because they were able to help. Yeah? This is how it's supposed to work in family. When we have a family dinner, my mum's 90 now. So she can't, there's certain things that she can't do, but certain things that she usually does very well. They're wavering a little bit. She's 90. Give her a break. You know? So she makes cannelloni, beautiful spinach ricotta cannelloni. Let me tell you, my family will never ask me to make those things and not my mum. Because that's her gift. It's one of her gifts. She has the art of cooking. Why would you ask me when she's still around and has that as a gift? And she loves it. She goes, I did this. You go visit. I did this today. I did this today. I did the special meatballs and sauce with the peas for the boys. I did this today. She loves it because it blesses her. Sometimes we've got to realize the gifts that are on our lives so that we can be a blessing for those around us and in turn bless us ourselves, yeah? We're family. That's how family works. Gosh, 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 gosh. And this is not just for one person. This is for many people today, Yeah. Romans 11.29. I've specifically chosen the Amplified Version. And it says, For the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Let me repeat. For the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Revocable. Let me repeat that and hopefully pronounce everything correctly. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those whom he gives his grace to and whom he sends his call. It's your gift. It's your gift. It doesn't matter how many times you've stuffed up, fallen over. It doesn't matter how many times you've hit the wall. It doesn't matter how distant you may feel from God. His gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. Don't let the enemy rob you of the blessing you are. Don't let him, oh gosh, don't let him rob you of the blessing that you can be for yourself. So many people live in, 
in a defeated, in a defeated place, position, all because they're not stepping out in their gift because the very thing you don't want to do is the thing you need to do to bless somebody else because in turn it blesses you. That's how family works. Yeah, that's how it works. It's your gift to be a blessing. So use your gift to people. Be a blessing. Because Father God, our Abba, gave each of us a gift. He's given each and one of, one of you. I had a conversation this week with a dear, dear brother. And he's not moving in his gift because of trauma. And I know he'll work through it. But do you know, the point that I bring that up is because when we were having the conversation, I started to weep. Like, I'm talking weep. Have you done this lately? No. Have you done? No. And I... And I can only, this is what I felt. So I'm only sharing what I felt. I felt like God. God was weeping. God himself. I, 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 I sensed I felt the mourning heart of the Father because he wasn't using the gift that God had given him. Yeah? And so many of us in this room, in churches everywhere, aren't using the gift that God has given us because we keep looking around and go, I like that gift. I want to be the person making the coffee. I want to be the person playing the guitar. I want to be the person writing them. I don't know what it is that some of us envy, but we allow the enemy to make us envious of somebody else's gift, and so we stop operating in ours. And I really, truly believe the Father sits there, and he mourns. He mourns because he's given us, each and every one of us, these gifts and abilities that we're not using because he's given them for us, and they're a blessing for us, and they're a blessing for those that are around us. Imagine... If as family we used and stepped into the gifts that God's given us, without being asked or coerced, we just started to flow that way. Imagine. You know, the enemy wants to always, within every house, try to pit us against ourselves. You know, that we're better than somebody else or we feel like they're better than us or one church is better than another, you know. I am biased. Sometimes I do think that. But anyway, you know, why are they doing that? Why aren't we doing that? We should be doing that. Or better still, I don't think I want to help them. Why should I help them? They got themselves into that predicament anyway. They got themselves into that space. You know, how stupid can they be and still breathe? Why should I help them? Imagine if that was Jesus' mindset before the cross. Father, I don't really, I don't hang to die up there for them. They got themselves there. They ate the apple. They were stupid, not me. Imagine if that was his mindset. Why should I help them? They got themselves into that position. But what would happen if we were family, where we would love each other, where we would learn from each other, where we truly look, feel and act like a family is supposed to, where we're all equals, yeah? You know, I love the fact that on the day of Pentecost, they were heard speaking in different tongues. Each person heard them speaking in their own tongue. And I just believe that that's a picture for you and I for today because I don't speak like Chris. Chris doesn't speak like me. John doesn't speak like me. John uses old English sometimes. No, he doesn't. You know, you know, we all speak. Some of us speak different languages. You know, we speak differently. But some of you in your workplaces speak a particular language that people understand that if I was to walk in, I couldn't speak that way. 
Yeah? We, are all, we have all been positioned perfectly for where we need to be. And you speak the way you do and you work the way you do and you look the way you do because you can actually relate to the people that you're with. Yeah? They heard them speaking in different languages. People will hear you speaking in your language out of your heart, out of your DNA. They'll hear you speak. But what I, what I really love on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came, look who gets up to preach, Peter. Peter, 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 Peter. Gosh, he was weak then. He was so scared then, wasn't he? Like, read it. He, what did he do? He denied Jesus three times. Three times he went, bah, 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 bah. three times he became a chicken. Peter, like seriously. Peter, and then Peter, the chicken, who denied Jesus three times, he gets up to speak. And you know when he denied Jesus? He didn't even deny him to someone that looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He denied Jesus to a little 12-year-old girl. Like, hello? What's wrong with you, Peter? And yet, this guy, who was scared of a 12-year-old girl, somehow still makes it into the upper room. In this room, even here today, there are people here that have made mistakes, hit the wall, even maybe not denied Jesus, but gotten close to, question your faith. We've all been there. We all come from the same address. Let's not believe that we don't. And yet we've made, made it into the upper room. We've made it into the room. Peter gets up to preach. Don't judge your life from a snapshot when God is making a full-length movie. Yeah? Don't judge your life from a snapshot when, when God's making a full-length movie. It's not over, as Rex Hunt used to say, until the fat lady sings. Yeah? I liked the saying back then. I watched football. It's probably not okay now. That's all right. I was born back then. Get up by the grace of God and say, no, that's not who I am. I just made a mistake. Move on. Move on. Peter on the day of Pentecost gets up, and this is why family is so important, and this is really where I want to finish. And he preaches to 3,000 preaches to people and 3,000 people get saved. What's the difference with Peter denying Jesus three times and Peter getting up preaching and seeing 3,000 people saved? When he denied Jesus, he was alone. When he denied Jesus, he was by himself. We don't have to do church. I'm going to be a Christian and stay home all by myself. All by... I can't even sing. You don't even have the melody. You know why I can't sing it? Because it's just wrong, full stop. Yeah? That's right. We shouldn't want to be. I'll tell you what the difference is. It's not just the Holy Spirit. But when Peter denied Jesus three times, he was there. <laughs> he was there by himself. But now, now with those 3,000 people, it says, the Bible says, that he stood there amongst the eleven. He stood there amongst his brothers. He stood there with his small group. He stood there with his friendship group. He stood there with his church family. He stood there with those that were ready and willing to support him. He wasn't this time alone. Yeah? He wasn't this time all by himself. This time he was with others. And I believe, can't find it in the scripture, they were probably saying to him, come on, Pete. 
I know you don't feel up to it. I know you don't want to. I know that what's happened in life, you think that it's actually rubbed you out, taken you out of the game. But I'm telling you, Peter, it hasn't. It hasn't. In fact, what, what that's done, that brokenness that's in you, that, that, that deformity even, if you will, that, that's now a part of you, that's made you who you are. And so, Peter, I think you should get up and push forward. I think, Peter, you should get up and start speaking. See, Peter just didn't preach because of the Holy Spirit, because, but because his friends were with him. And, and, and they were in unity. They were his family and they believed in him. And now the person that denied Jesus three times, the person that had given up on everything, the, the person that was scared of a 12-year-old girl now stands in front of a multitude when he didn't think he was good enough, but because of his family gets up and preaches one of the greatest sermons ever preached that 3,000 people come to the Lord. Why don't we stand? Because I have this to say. Here's my point over the last 35 minutes. You and I are created for community. You and I were created to be family. We were created to be family. And I believe we can't function outside of family. God himself even said it's not good for man to be alone. So I don't know about you, but for me, I don't make New Year's resolutions, but I do want to make a commitment that in 2024, I will operate even more as family. In my home as family, in my workplace as family, in my, amongst my church family as family. Loving each other, not just on a Sunday from 9.30 to 12.30 or whatever time it is, but from Monday all the way through to Sunday, almost like Genesis all the way through to Maps. Yeah? But will you make that commitment with me? That Family Life Church will be a safe place for all people to be restored and revealed for his glory. Yeah? I'm going to ask every eye to be closed just for a moment. Why is this important? Why did Father even do this? See, when Adam was alone, God actually says it's not complete because he's not in community. God actually says, you know, hey, I'm going to create for him a partner. And he pulls a rib yeah, out of him. He makes woman. Adam opens his eyes, sees a naked woman in front of him. Woohoo, good days ahead. And there they are together. And now God just created the first family. The very first family. And why did he do that? Because God is communal. God is unity. God is in unity. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, if you prefer. And they are always together. They are always communing. You and I, we were built for family. We were built for family. So it's time for us to be family. And that's what I want to pray. And so if you're happy to pray that with me, if you're happy to step into that commitment for this year with me, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hands. Don't worry about the person next to you. 
point it to heaven, say, God, that's me. I'm about to pray that we would be family. Father, I just thank you, God, for this place. I thank you for this house. I thank you for every individual. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your examples. Father, I thank you for the heart that is behind community. I thank you for the heart that is unity. Father, I thank you that the heart that is family. I thank you that this is your house, our home, and we are one family. And may this year, may we grow in love for one another. May we grow in grace for each other. May we open our arms to those that walked into this place that they may discover a family that they can now belong in so that you, Holy Spirit, can do a work in their heart. Lord, would you do a work in our hearts? Would you transform us with ever-increasing glory more and more into the image of your Son, Jesus, so that as we walk and talk, Lord, not just in this place, but as we venture out into our workplaces and our schools, Father, that we would be known as Jesus' people, not because we're preaching on milk crates on the corner, but because of the lives that we live, because of the words that we speak, because together we are family, loving each other, supporting, upholding each other. Lord, I pray that this would be a revelation, Father, that would bring revival, not just, Lord, for this community, God. Yes, for our church, yes, for this community, but, Lord, for our state, Lord, and for our country, that we would see Holy Spirit move through different places, doing supernatural, extraordinary things that people are just so wowed by. Lord, we want to be a family that is wowed by you. So, Lord God, take this word, encourage us, strengthen us. Lord, push us forward, Lord, when you need to. But, Lord God, we say use us. And, Lord, and for those of us that are unsure of what our gift is, what we're good at, what you've given us, Lord, I pray a prayer now that, Lord, in our quiet time, in our sleep, through our dreams, in a vision, Lord, that you would show each and every person, Lord, what their God-given gift and ability is. That, Lord God, none of us are wrong or right, God. Lord, we're just different. And, Lord, we want to be different in this place at Family Life Church in 2024. And everyone said, can we put our hands together for God? Have a wonderful day. Enjoy each other, particularly those that you don't like. Yeah? So go to someone you don't normally like and say hello. No, don't do that. Grab a coffee. And enjoy each other's fellowship in Jesus' name.